Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Hillary Winfield. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you, Queen, for being with us this morning. You are a regular guest co-host. We appreciate your brilliance anytime that you're willing to get in the, as I say, get in the saddle with us this morning to to tackle these these difficult questions. I don't know if this morning is necessarily a difficult one as much as it is a broad one. Um, a lot of places we can go with this morning's discussion question. I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Do blacks really have a culture? But, again, thank you, Queen, for being with us again. If you will, say hello to all the truth seekers out there. And if you will, give them a little bit of your background before we jump into this morning's discussion question. Uh, good morning, Montoya and everybody. Uh, thanks for having me again. Um, I'm Hillary Winfield. Uh, I live in Baltimore, and I uh, am an urban gardener and run a program called Black Growth Cook here in Baltimore. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and recommend people support Hillary. We might actually get a chance, might even go into, you know, some of what you're doing. But, again, appreciate you for, again, being with us this morning. Um, and I just, as I heard you say, uh, you know, urban farmer, in a sense, I'm thinking of, um, say, when do black people really have a culture? You know, it, it kind of sparked this memory for me in the sense that, you know, at one point in this country, we were the farmers. You know, historically, if, if you if you think about, um, you know, how in a sense as we always when we refer to our ancestors, you know, here in this country, uh, we were the farmers. We provided all of that in a sense, uh, to, you know, to a certain extent, um, in, in, uh, with our on our backs, with our labor, and so farming was a big part of our culture. Uh, just to even throw that out there, and again, I didn't necessarily intend to go there, but when you reminded me of that, uh, you know, it's an area that I would even offer. We, we should focus on once again, because um, I've always said, um, if if you if you are dependent on someone else for your food source, there is no dependency worse than that. And so um, the fact that you know the, what you're doing, Hilly, I think is, uh, you know, just wanted to kind of highlight it that it's you know something that is very necessary. And I would like to see, if I could say this fairly, something that returns, in a sense, to our culture. Now we know the history here. We, in a sense, lost a lot of our formable land. Um, as far as you know, what we as African Americans actually own, but I do think a focus on it 
uh, you know, might give us insight on, you know, trying to acquire more of the formable formable land um, just because, again, it used to be a heavy part of our culture, and I think we've lost sight of that, if I could, in a sense, throw that out. But just quick thoughts on, you know, again, I didn't even think to go there, but just because, you know, that's your background, I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on that very quickly as we move into this morning's discussion question, do blacks really have a culture? Uh, well, as far as uh, farming and uh, having an independent food source, uh, I think that is certainly something that we need to uh, ad- address and get involved in because, like you said, if you are dependent on someone else just to eat, you really can't accomplish too much else because all they have to do is cut off your food supply and then, you know, you're pretty much done. So what we try to do is, I mean, in addition to teaching the girls how to, uh, you know, grow things and prepare them, uh, we also try to instill in them the importance of having, you know, at least some uh, food independence, you know, and with the goal of having total food independence. I mean, I'm not even there yet for total food independence, but, you know, some I at least have, you know, something, <laughs> and I think that's what we need to go to. Um, and also, I mean, there are a lot of black farmers out there, and, I mean, sometimes you hear in the news how they get shafted, like uh, the government or companies give them fake seeds uh, or take their land. Um, but there, uh, it's actually a pretty, um, you know, large community or larger than you would think. Um, and it's, it's something we should definitely grow. No, absolutely. And like I said, you're doing it inside the city, which is obviously, in a sense, the new ways, considering, um, you know, just even just if you think of America in general, the concept of, uh, you know, organic food, so you, that that's a popular buzzword. So you do find people searching for alternative methods of growing their own mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables at a minimum, you know, within the city. So that is definitely a push yeah, uh, that I would love to see. I could, absolutely. Uh, that's, yeah, and that's what I was saying, the urban, yeah, the urban Black specifically. People, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. That's where we're concentrated, and also you might think you can't grow food in the city, and then maybe you also might have some issues. Like in my neighborhood, we have some issues with um, heavy metals in the soil. So I stick to, um, you know, my own garden, uh, either raised beds or containers. And then we also have two community farms in my neighborhood. And, um, you know, we regularly test the soil there um, and try to improve it to make it safe to eat. But even if you do not have, you do not necessarily need a large uh, farm or anything, you can grow in raised beds or containers. Um, A lot of things grow you know, perfectly fine in those conditions. So don't think, you know, even if you live in an apartment, you can do it there too. You know, you just have to be creative and uh, determined. No, absolutely. Again, something that I think is very necessary and very imperative, like you said, in the urban area since our community, for the most part, we either concentrated in cities or we're down here throughout the South. And I remember growing up, almost everybody had a garden in my neighborhood growing Mm -hmm. up in South Carolina. Um, again, that's just mentioning an aspect that, uh, as, as I just said, for those just now tuning in, is this a, is a definitely an aspect of something that, as I would say, should in a sense return as a part of our culture, as a part of our culture. And then going back historically, for the most part, I think you would agree we were in a sense responsible for, in large part for the food source for the entire country in a sense because of, again, how our ancestors were, you know, not only used in that sense, but even some of the crops that we know how to 
you know, already had the insight on from the beginning of the beginnings of this country became, you know, popular crops in this country based on the fact that we already had the insight on how to grow and keep those things. So in a sense, not only were we the labor, but we were the innovators in the growth mm-hmm. of, you know, in a sense, the food source. So again, just putting some historical perspective on something that I find very important, which is formal. We bring it up from time to time. This morning's discussion question um, before we go to our first break is do blacks really have a culture uh, we have about a minute and a half before the break. And so, as I always do, I bring a guest on. Again, we just jumped off into your area of expertise. And I just thought it was appropriate for this morning's discussion, uh, you know, in reference to the forming and it being a part of our culture. But, the, you know, that question simply, when I said, Hillary, hey, you mind being on the show? I always w- wonder, you know, what's the first thought that came to your mind, if you could just share that with, you know, myself and the audience uh, in, in a sense. Again, it's a broad question, but what came to your mind? Um, I don't know. I guess I was uh, wondering, like, where we were going with it, because like you said, it was a pretty broad um, topic, so I didn't know exactly where we were going, <laughs> going to go with it, so I guess we can go anywhere. Um, but, I mean, I think we, you know, have a culture like, you know, most other people in societies have, um, and I guess we will discuss, you know, what that is. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think naturally I would agree that we, in a sense, do have one. Um, again, there is a lot of places that we can go. Um, the first place I'm going to start, we're going to go to a break, and when you listen to the cut coming out of the break, you're going to hear uh, a, a, a reference used on this hip-hop album in reference to a lot of the black stereotypes. And, and some of them you may find funny, some of them you may not find funny. We are not a politically correct show, so if you're a first-time listener, um, you know, we, we keep it raw. Um, and so, again, if you have not listened to the show before, we're going to deal with all kind of unpopular opinions. And do we have a culture? Again, a lot of places we can go, but we're going to kind of start with some of the stereotypes about our community and see if some of those stereotypes, in fact, are part of our culture. Some of them, Hillary, you might say, are not part of our culture. They're just stereotypes. Again, that's just where we're initially starting. Um, but, again, there's a lot of places you know, that we can go and we will definitely take callers coming out of the break to get their perspective on do blacks really have a culture. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Without further ado, things black people like and away, we 
Go. Hoodies. Basketball. Track and field. Being black. Henny. Going to the club. Go-go. Promoting their music on SoundCloud. Spinrilla. Eating unhealthy. Obama. Jays. Planting their hat. Oodles of noodles. Those are good as shit. Red Lobster. Being late for things. Anything Gucci Mane says. Living in Atlanta. Going to a private school on an athletic scholarship. Girls thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Having a thousand Twitter followers. Black Jesus. Extremely long church services. Praying before everything. Sucking their teeth. Obsessing over 2K and playing it whenever they can. Giving you attitude while working at their retail job. White girls. Filming fight. Hot sauce. Wings. Bleaching their hair. <laughs> Who would do that, right? <laughs> Not getting married. Friday. Complicated handshake. Cookouts and barbecuing. Buying lottery tickets. Having rhythm and being able to dance. Frying things. Blasting music. Not tipping. Black bubble coats. Laughing. Cocoa butter. Carmex. Roasting people. Bad grammar. Escalade. Black Santa Christmas decoration. Tim's being loud and obnoxious at the movie theater. Glow up challenges. Any HBCU. The movie White Chick. Wearing white beaters. Seeing black families win on Family Feud. Anything Migos. When Drake releases new music. Bill Clinton. DJing. Talking about how much money they get. Using the word nigga excessively. Yes, yes. Continue, oh great niggerologist. Enlighten us. Welcome back to the Bits of Dialogue talk show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Hillary Winfield. This morning's discussion question, do blacks really have a culture? As you heard again, a cut from a hip-hop album in reference to, I guess, wrapping up most of the stereotypes as I listened to that list. Hillary, I'm pretty sure, assuming that's your first time hearing that. Um, in reference to that list, again, it's not about whether you like or dislike the list. Again, when we ask the question, do blacks really have a culture, uh, it almost sounds like they lined up a lot of things that I would say to a certain extent are, in fact, a part of our culture. One thing I'll say, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on, on it, is I will say, based on our historical experience in this country, our culture has somewhat, it's somewhat schizophrenic. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but you know, before we go that in depth, just what's your what were your initial thoughts in hearing uh, these different stereotypes laid out? And again, I would say some of those things are in fact a part of our culture as African Americans or Blacks in this country. Not everyone's, but in general, these are things you hear quite often about um, Blacks and African Americans. Any any thoughts on that list or that you heard, Queen? I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Let me get you. I got you on me, Queen. Sorry about that. Give me one second. I'll get my guest on. For anybody out there listening, make sure you press one to let us know you want to speak. We definitely want to get your three cents on this morning's discussion. All right, Hillary, I got you live. Sorry about that, Queen. Go ahead. Okay. It's all right. Um, yeah, he said a lot of things, and a lot of them seem to be stereotypical. Um, I don't know if they're cultural. Um, and I think maybe we should make a difference between what's a stereotype and what is actually culture-driven. No, it makes sense. Um, Of those things... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes, I mean, black people talking in the movies isn't really a culture or a cultural phenomenon. Um, But, I mean, that is something some people do. No, I'll tell you what I I think about, though, something that I know, something that I say or that I've heard people say in Atlanta, and it's just a, 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 a small side note, but in the, for example, we often say Jamaicans are loud, right, just in, in nature. Now, of course, it's probably not all Jamaicans, but I just know that's something, you know, we're in a, somewhat of a melting pot of 
black culture in Atlanta because, you know, we have all these different people here throughout. But there's one thing that we'll quite often say, us as African-Americans, we'll say, we have it ahead. They're loud. Even, no, you know, I'm not even saying this is a negative thing. I'm just talking about, you know, when you're in uh, a public place with, again, obviously I'm not saying all Jamaicans. Um, so to a certain extent, I know when we say that here in Atlanta quite often about Jamaicans, we are actually suggested that that is part of their culture to be loud and, uh, and boisterous. Again, I'm not saying it's the same as talking in the movie, but um, what do you think about that as far as us relating that to someone's culture? Because I guess my only point is quite often some stereotypes are assumed to be culture, and I think some of them we assume and say are true about us and like you said, there is a difference, but a lot of times we assume the stereotypes as, in fact, culture, culture about us. And, you know, just kind of any thought about that nuance in the fact that we do often adopt stereotypes as cultures. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess they can, those can go either way. Like, if people are loud, it, you know, could be negative if it's in a place where you're not supposed to be being loud, like a movie theater. Um, but I think people do that or are loud in general because they want attention. And if you are in a group that doesn't normally get attention unless you get loud, then it could be a learned behavior. Or, you know, black people are, you know, boisterous and animated. I don't think those are negative things, though. Right, right, yeah. I'm not necessarily saying they were negative. I'm just saying, again, even something like that often is related to culture. Matter of fact, let's do this real quick and we'll open up the phone lines. So let's get a definition of culture and again try to use in a sense consider this definition as we move forward with this morning's discussion because again we're just starting in this area but there are so many places we do need to go. So just according to the dictionary, culture, the arts and other manifestation of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. That's definition one. The second definition says the customs, the arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social groups. So when I hear that second definition, you know, there's a concept of, in a sense, how athletic blacks are or whatever. That is considered, in a sense, a part of our culture, whether we like it or not, whether it applies to, you know, people or not. Or, or I remember something that's been said quite often for like when I would go to when I went to college and run into other people, how the stereotype of a black person should be able to play basketball. Again, we're talking about a stereotype, but it is assumed to be a part of our culture. When, for example, you look at the NBA and it's what, what maybe ninety percent African American specifically, and so seeing that on TV ends up being, in a sense, part of becomes specifically in this country because everything is done, unfortunately, along racial lines, which is a reality of America then that actually gets put onto our culture, if that makes sense. So, again, just trying to get into some nuance. We definitely got a caller that once again, I'll give you one thought on that, and we'll go to the caller um, after you hit me. Okay. Yeah. You, I was just – yeah, I'm sorry. Um, like, for I was just talking – trying to get your, your um, response to the idea that a aspect of our culture is us being so athletic. Again, no, not wondering if it's if it's warranted or would you consider that a part of our culture? Do blacks really have a culture? Because that is a put on us. But do you feel like that's part of culture or that should not be a part of our culture in a in a sense? What, what are your thoughts on that, really? Um, well, I 
I mean, I, yeah, I think that would be, um, I think you could consider that part of our culture uh, because, I mean, we usually are athletic based on our, um, you know, body makeup. But I don't know that that necessarily translates into people liking sports. Like, you might be good at it, but to assume that everyone is good at it, I don't know. Uh, I have to think about that one. No, it's all good. Let's go to the caller. Um, let's see what they have to say. Area code six seven eight last three nine two seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Do blacks really have a culture? Black African power. Stop the keys, man. It's brother Unk, man. Chilling in the ATL. Hey, how man. you doing, brother Unk? Yep. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, Kenny? Yeah. Thanks um, for calling in. What you got for us this morning? Um, first of all, let's let's really look at it. Um, that part of our culture is being athletic. The truth is, you got the Greeks. They actually started the Olympics, and so sports is part of uh, a lot of cultures. So this thing about athletic, we more athletic, and that's part of our culture. It's really a way that people do to take away from who we are as a people. Like, if it's not athleticism, then we can't do it. If it ain't got nothing to do with thinking in your brains, then you know that's not part of our culture. I think they kind of destroy us with that. So, like I said, uh, all cultures have rich traditions in sports. NFL, basketball, soccer. Man, this is this, these 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 sports are around the world. Uh, so, I mean, football. I'm talking about soccer, right? That's around the world. I mean, all countries play that. So so sports has been part of human culture uh, from the beginning. And I don't like the way people just focus in on that athletical part. Second part, um, being loud in movies. That's not a part of our culture. Uh, you, you can go to Harlem and go to the movies in certain areas, and it's fun to talk through the movies, talking about the movie. That's that's what some people do. But you can take those same group of people and put them in another movie theater somewhere else, and, and that's not what it is. So so black people have the ability to uh, fit in where they need to. That's not really what culture is. Uh, culture informs you and instructs you uh, on ideas and concepts that help protect you, that help bring you food, clothing, shelter and protectability and we have exactly done that in america we have produced a culture uh, of arts uh, um artistic ability um what else uh, a, a culture of intellectuals uh we've, we've done that uh dance uh, we created music this is culture so all that stereotypical nonsense all human beings fit into a lot of categories of stereotypes white people allow I've been around white people that's loud. I tell you, like, man, you're out of order. You're loud. Um, so the way they do it really takes away from who we really are. So we also bring certain traditions from Africa that we don't even know, like the point of libation. You can go on any street corner, and before the brothers take a drink, they'll pour out libation to their fallen comrades. You know, when, when somebody has died on your shirt, right? That's an age-old African tradition of honoring ancestors. So, so we have a rich culture, and people like to take away from that and try to teach the next generation a bunch of crap stereotypes. And like you said, you've had that definition of what culture is. And so in America, African-Americans have a rich uh, tradition that they started in America, and they've also brought some traditions from Africa with them. So, you know, we got a rich uh, cultural heritage. Now, I appreciate it. Here's a question I, I want to ask you while I still have you on, Uncle, and we'll – 
open up the phone lines. If you want to get in, you do need to press one, and I want to hear both of your responses to this. And, again, I'm glad you called in, Brother Um. So one of the questions I asked in the promotions of this show is basically, are blacks more American than African? Again, when we're trying to figure out this question, uh, do blacks really have a culture? You just laid out beautifully why you think that we do. Uh, in reference to that, we see this type of identity um, consciousness kind of being raised in today's time. So that's one of the questions that I thought of in preparing for this show. So I definitely wanted to get uh, Brother Unk's perspective on mm-hmm. are we more American than African as blacks in America? Your thoughts on that, King? Well, well since we were going to start building what they would lay on call America, uh, we're, we're, we're culturally we're more African-American. But that's the beauty of it. You know, when we start to embrace our African-Americanness is when we're going to take off. You got to think of all the things in science, uh, math, all the sciences, all the math, uh, music, and all the great things we've done to elevate our game in America, to elevate people around the world just watching us. The moment we embrace our African-Americanness, you know what I'm saying, it's the moment we take off. So genetically speaking, we are an African people coming from Africa, but we've been gone for 500 years. So socially speaking, right, we're more socially African-American than African, but genetically speaking, we're tied to the continent of Africa, right? And, and, and we know where our ancestors come from, but we need to embrace our African-American. So we are absolutely more African-American than African, continental African, I would, I would like to say that. Continental Africa. So, be honest with you, I say this all the time, right? I'm not African because I was born in Africa. I'm African because Africa was born in me. When you talk about the social norms and culturally speaking, right, we developed a culture based out of fighting through the slave trade, based out of dealing with all the ups and downs in America to form a culture that protects us in America. We just need to rely on that culture more. We need to really respect it shows like this actually elevate the African-American. And, hey, man, look, I'm proud to be an African-American, and you know I love Africa. So we more culturally speaking oh, yeah, African-American. I know that about you more than anything. And I'm I know proud about of you it. more than anything. No, absolutely. Hillary, any thoughts to what uh, Brother Unk had to say uh, in reference to the question, as blacks, are we more African than American? You heard his thoughts. Any you can give your thoughts so you can respond to what Brother Unk had to say about it. Go ahead, Queen. Uh, well, I agree with him wholeheartedly. I think, um, you know, we have definitely brought some things uh, from our ancestors uh, from Africa uh, and kind of made it our own thing because, in my opinion, American culture is black culture. Everything that blacks produce here is what you identify as American culture because, you know, white Americans haven't created anything except minstrel shows. But all the music, um, our music is listened to worldwide. Everybody knows Beyonce or, you know, people like that. They know our, all our art forms. And so I think that we have our own unique culture, which basically is the identifiable American culture. Now, that's fair enough. And, and let me say, speak on that music thing real quick, and, and I'll get to some other callers. Thank you, brother, for calling. Um, and I'll give you one last right, thought before I let you go. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. Bro. No, no, no. I'm gonna give you one last thought. Yeah, I still got. You. I'm gonna give you one last thought. Right. But I just want to share this with both of you. I know you. I'm pretty sure you already know this, brother. Uh, and you may as well, Hillary. But I want to make sure the audience understands. It's one thing Hillary just said that I really would like when you said people around the world, Hillary, understand that. Here's a reality that I learned later in my life 
that it was, it's no reason that I should have learned this later in my life is how responsible and how the world understands American music. They pretty much consider American music to be black, black music because we created all of these different, we are the originators of so many different art, musical art forms in America and specifically, um, you know, once many we know, but we don't really understand to what degree, you know, blues, jazz, Rock and roll, mm-hmm. we were the originators of that before, in a sense, Elvis was, you know, able to, you know, cover the songs, that kind of thing. Um, funk, house music, we were the creators of that. Is when I discovered, we created techno. Like, people don't know that we created techno. That came out of Detroit, and that was a matter of fusing um like different types of jazz and different kind of music that we originated. We originated house music in this country. The thing is, the world knows that, and as African Americans, I don't think we even understand how deeply we embedded. Like sometimes we'll kind of take the broad credit that we created, quote unquote, you know, these things without really knowing music that I personally, when I was young, might have rejected. I'm a music lover, so I've listened to a little bit of all of this stuff as a music lover, but, you know, growing up thinking of hip-hop, you know, I'm that age, hip-hop and R&B and blues and jazz, that was my limit. I had no idea that we had created rock and roll. I had no idea that blues was the foundation for even country music, um, you know, and that kind of thing. So just even pointing out those specifics or things that our children, in my opinion, should be equipped with, because I think it's related to what Aunt said, what culture should be used for. And so we have to become aware of it so that we might can become proud of our African Americanness as you suggested. Um, you know, brother Aunt, if you're out there listening and feel different, you know, we want your opinion. We welcome different opinions on this show. Um but I'll give you you know one quick thirty second thought, uh, brother Aunt, before I let you go, King. Hey, um so we have not been able to take advantage of uh, our culture, our cultural nuances. Uh, for instance, uh, culture is made to be sold because if you don't sell your culture, somebody else will. We have not been able to take advantage of it like uh, hip-hop. So to a certain extent, uh, we've made millionaires out of people based off of hip-hop, but we have not been able to generate the type of money that could transcend our culture, meaning help the sick, help the poor, uh, raise the standard of education, raise the standard of institutions, um, we have not been able to do that. We have not been able to take advantage of that. Meaning we develop an art form, right? Because culture is designed to protect you, and to bring finances to you. That's what culture is for. So we, we develop an a, a art form called hip-hop, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and at the base of Others what it is, make more money off of it than we do. Uh-huh. Yes, correct. Yep. So, yeah, so yeah. We, we I'm, on, to I'm on to the break, King, that. but that's a great point. Yep. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it coming out of the break, man. Thank you for your okay. thoughts. If you want to get back okay. in, you know how to do it. Get off the one and come back on it. Thanks a lot. All man. right. All right, brother. Peace. All right. All right. We're up against the break. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Hillary, if you will, listen to the cut coming out of the break. It will take us in a completely different direction in this morning's show. Do blacks really have a culture? We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Square Business Entertainment brings you their latest hit, I Really Want You by Taylor Pace. Take a listen. If you're loving this as much as I 
subscribe. Search for Square Business Entertainment. They are also rewarding their fans with a new release every 30 days. Here's another one by Taylor Pace. Love can't define this. Love can define this. Can capture all your sweetness and your kindness. Love can define this. We're crippled and love would only blind us. I'm in the projects, and I'm looking around, and everyone is wearing hot sneakers. Here you have people that are either on welfare, living paycheck to paycheck, maybe have a thousand dollars in their bank account, are risking their freedom by doing illegal activity mm-hmm. to make money, and yet they all have the same type of sneakers that I'm wearing. And I'm relatively a rich guy. Like you know what I'm saying? All that money that is used, and not just the sneakers. I'm seeing designer shirts. I'm wearing, seeing nice clothes. I'm seeing all this material stuff. Imagine just in that one area, if everyone took all that money and invested it back into multi-unit properties, Mm -hmm. stock stocks, whatever, whatever. You know things that where your money is actually working for you, that community community could be transformed in a few years. Got it. So, do you agree with me, number one? I agree that can happen in yeah. theory. In theory. In theory, and and not just in theory. The difference was, as Africans living in America or enslaved in America, we have been designed and bred. So we've been designed and bred. True story. You had it on this show with. Mm-hmm. John Amos, but of course, the strongest, with the strongest, and you, you, just like they did horses. It's like, you know, that's, that was it. We get it. Yeah. But we also were trained not to trust one another. So we're literally ingrained not to trust our guy who looks like us. We believe the hype about us as well. So we believe, oh, they're crooks. They're gang members. They're rapists. We believe the same perpetual lies. We believe it about ourselves. The Koreans, the reason it was easier for Koreans and Chinatown, right? It's, it's funny. You got Chinatown, Koreatown, Phil- little Filipino town, Armenia town. But when you got black people together, you got the ghetto. We don't have Africa. So we don't have anything identifying. We don't have Africa town. We don't have Africa town. Yeah. We got ghettos. Yeah. We don't have Africans. We got N I G G E R's. We don't have we we don't we don't we don't have an identity. So there's if there's no identity, there's no way to put it together. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Hillary Winfield. This morning's discussion question: Do blacks really have a culture? You just heard a cut from Vlad TV with John Sally. Said a lot. In that cut, I think it's, as Brother Unk mentioned before the break, culture should be used to bring yourself finances. Um, I love the point that Brother Unk made out of the break in the sense of hip-hop being an example of that. Of course, we've seen some individuals, quote-unquote, enriched uh, within hip-hop. But as he mentioned, others have made the most amount of money out of it. And speaking of finances, we just heard that cut speaking to, in a sense, Vlad asking the question to John Sally in reference to him seeing 
those in the ghetto, if you want to say that, uh, in a sense, wearing their money versus other uses possibly for it. And then John Sally says, sounds good in theory, but here's a couple of realities that have to be considered. And Hillary, I would tend to agree with John Sally's assessment, and most people really do not understand the details to how we were, quote, unquote, bred in this country. All of those things are factors in even that dynamic that someone outside of like a lad coming into the ghetto seeing these things would have no historical context for us. But I would offer, Hillary, I don't know that we understand enough about what happened to us because if we did, we could, in fact, do what Brother Aunt talked about, take things that we've created and capitalize on them like, in a sense, most cultures typically do for things quote, that they're known for. And we seem to miss out and miss that, as Brother Unk said. So I know I'm saying a lot. Again, that's my assessment of that cut. Your thoughts to, you know, what John Sally said as well as, you know, even what I'm saying. If you're on the line, please press 1. We'll get you in on this morning discussion. Go ahead, Queen. Uh, well, going back to what the caller said, um, I, yes, we haven't, we haven't capitalized uh, as we could have or should have on the art forms we've created. Um, and then other people come in and take it over, and then, you know, they make a lot of money. And I think it's also because, like, we are from a very old people, and we create things, and then we kind of move on and evolve from that. So, you know, we create jazz, and we move on from that to rock and roll, we move on to that, do popular music, R&B, and then hip-hop. So we kind of make something it's hot for a minute and then we move on to something else and then other people move in because when you think about rock and roll, black people were doing rock and roll for years and it was denigrated in the uh, larger society. And then when Elvis started doing it, they didn't really like him doing it either, you know, but eventually, you know, now he's the king of rock and roll when nothing is further from the truth uh, just because they come in and say so and everybody agrees. So I agree, you know, with that part. Um, but also because we are the creators, we just keep creating. And, you know, you are interested in something and then you move on. And uh, in the clip when he was talking about um, black people buying, you know, tennis shoes and all this other uh, useless stuff that aren't really assets with their money, I don't think that's a black cultural thing. It's more related to being impoverished, which the society has relegated black people to uh, poverty, a poverty status. And when people are poor, they live more in the now. They don't plan for the future because all they really have is right now, and you're just trying to survive. So when you can have something nice um, or do something enjoyable, you'll do that because, you know, you're living basically day to day, how people live paycheck to paycheck. Well, you're living day to day. So I think that's more of that than this is just what black people do. I think black people um, may have a cultural tendency to be um, flashy and, uh, because, you know, we are, like I said earlier, very animated. Like Mansa Musa was the richest man in all of human history, and everywhere he went, he was giving out gold and stuff. He gave out so much gold when he visited Egypt, it threw off their economy just because he could do it. And he was certainly had the means to do so. So it might be that, but as far as an American context, it's, I think it's more related to our economic status here. 
been a, a racial, cultural thing. No, I think you're making some very strong points. I would agree with that. We actually got a caller. Uh, let me make a couple points and we'll go to the caller because I, I agree exactly with your assessment, uh, more so than I think most know. Um, I, I definitely agree. Um, some people mistake, the, like you said, the idea of being flashy. Again, obviously, you know, so it may be, the, you know, in the, the jewelry that we wear and things of that nature. I, I would, I would go with a tendency to be flashy, but that does not necessarily mean like most people think that we that it's a concept of we like to waste money because that's kind of the stereotype that's put on us. And like John Sally said, often we will accept these these falsehoods about ourselves. Here's the reality about our spending, because one thing I noted, I think whether it's at a middle dialogue community club or go to another forum, if I were to mention how much we waste money, the majority of the room would agree with that, but I will tell you, really, you know me, I love looking at the numbers and the facts. And so each year, um, Georgia, University of Georgia does a consumer report on all spending, um, you know, through racial lines, and the reality is, and very few people have heard this, which is, well, let me say this first. The number that we always hear, I'm pretty sure you've heard this number here. Have you ever heard that number that blacks spend $1.2 trillion a year? You've heard that number before? Yes. Right, right. And so the thing is, that number is never put in context within our community when it is said, because often it is said to point out how we are wasteful. For, for for example, is never put in context. But the reality is we spend one point two trillion, Hispanics spend one point four trillion, and whites spend nine and a half trillion. If you go look at our populations in America, everybody's spending based on their population. If 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 I'm making sense when you hear those numbers. I'm not gonna go too deep into them, but the reality is America is a, I have a good friend by the name of Hazit Ali who always says United States um, of America actually stands for the United States of advertising. <laughs> so, you know, there's a reason why the rest of the world loves coming to the American market because of our capitalism. You get it to market here, and you can, and if you're successful here, you can take that product around the world due to how our system is set up to sell you anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We didn't grow up drinking bottles of water, Hillary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now okay. people act like they cannot drink water out of a faucet. I still consider yeah. bottled water the biggest hustle ever known to mankind. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so anyway, I'm making, I, mean, I went a little too far with it, but my point being is we don't spend any more than any other culture, but if you only hear yeah, 1.2 I trillion. Think I think that's a great point because we live in a consumeristic society. So, we're being, but we're being, we're the only ones who are penalized uh, for being consumers. Uh, I mean, America doesn't make anything; they outsource everything. So, I mean, why they're acting like you know it's something that's only unique to our group? When, as you pointed out, that's not the case at all. No, not at all. Let's go to the caller. We can go a little deeper after the caller. I didn't mean to drag it out that long. Let's get to the caller. Area code four zero four last three eight six five. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Uh, how you doing, Montoya? This is Delisa. Uh, calling from hey, Atlanta. Hey, Delisa, how you doing, Queen? Absolutely. What you got for us? Give us your three cents this morning. Thanks for calling. 
Oh, okay. Um, well, my um, as far as do blacks have a culture, my answer to that simply is no, that we don't. We don't have a culture. Okay. And I'm going by what um, Brother Khaled said in the uh, when he was a part of the Nation of Islam. Um, he said that we as a people in black uh, America have lost our names, we've lost our language, and we damn near lost our minds. That's what he said. <laughs> but mm-hmm. however, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> at this point, I think, can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming through. Go me? ahead, Queen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you hear at this point, us? I, yes, I do. We are, um, I would say, a diverse community, and it's like um, most of the speakers have been saying on your program. We have the hip-hop culture, you know, so that's kind of like a um, a culture in itself. But then we have the Christian culture who believes in um, the Jesus Christ is Lord, they, and they, they're kind of a culture. And then we have, like, the conscious community that is um that believes you know in the fact that we are in a foreign land they are aware of that and and we're trying to uh do better in spite of the conditions that we live in so we try to adopt a, a holistic diet um we believe in um a higher consciousness and the power of our minds and manifestations and to look at each other mainly, to look at each other as brother and sisters, and mainly, as someone said earlier, I think um, that we try to support black businesses and uh, uplift each other. So that's just, that is my Your three-sixths of it. Conclusion. No, your three-sixths. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. We're actually up against the break, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to break, and myself and Hillary, we're going to discuss what you brought to the table, Denise. Thank you so much for calling in this morning. Thank you, Montoya. All right. Thank you, Queen. All right. We're up against the break. We'll be right back. We've got another cut that we need to listen to as well, Hillary, so we'll try to dive into Denise's thoughts as well as the cut. You listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. And Oklahoma is a unique space in terms of the number of African-American towns that were established. Some suggest upwards of 50 African-American towns. 
between 1924 and 1928. Reverend S.S. Jones was going around documenting this sort of self-determined, vibrant African-American communities. You see the African-American educators, doctors, lawyers, landowners, oil barons, and I think that's what's so remarkable about this footage. To think that individuals, how many years out of slavery, are now owning oil wells that are producing 2,000 barrels a day. Is that not the ultimate American dream? Is that not the ultimate American story? It flies in the face of what I think some people consider part of African-American history and culture. And I think that that was one of the things that Oklahoma and what S.S. Jones is really kind of showing is that that African-American history and culture is not a monolith. And in a way, it became kind of like a marketing tool to encourage individuals to migrate, to move there, that this is a place where you can live, you can thrive, and peacefully reside. There were still palpable racial tensions there are lynchings, there's Jim Crow segregation, there's all of these things, and you still have an African-American community or many communities that really speak to the fortitude and resilience of black people in this country. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with guests co-host Hillary Winfield this morning discussion question do blacks really have a culture oh there's something I call it Denisa said and then we'll get into the cut um, Hillary and in her perspective say we don't have a culture she made reference to um, Khalid Muhammad um, thought that hey you know we lost our names we damn near lost our mind if you remember the intro uh, you know, we used the great Raiders intro saying hey we're trying to make sure people keep their righteous mind so that's why we have these discussions so I would say, based on what I heard Denisa say, I want to hear your thoughts on this real quick, and we'll get into the cut, and we have a caller. Let me throw it out there. Um, I would say that if we're tracking our history and lineage all the way back to Africa, which I highly recommend that, you know, as African Americans, we learn to do that. I still need to get my DNA test, so I don't want to say, you know, recommend it as if I've done it, so let me make that clear. But I think it's something that we absolutely absolutely need to do. So if we're tracing our lineage back from that standpoint, it's absolutely using a different name, not speaking our language, that is a reality uh, when, you, when you trace the lineage in that way. I would jump to what you and Brother Unk said, Hillary, in the concept of, in the sense, based on that unfortunate history, we've kind of had to develop, in a sense, our own culture here in America, within the American culture under, you know, obviously some, some difficult circumstances. And so in that sense, there is a difference. Again, I believe in connecting very much so with our African uh, brothers and sisters throughout the continent and throughout the diaspora. I do believe in that. We talk about it constantly on this show. Uh, but are there differences? There are absolutely different, absolute differences. And like y'all said, if we're going to highlight it from our own experience in this country, then there are some remnants of culture that I would say we do have, um, although, here's my although, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Hillary. Although some aspects that we've developed, again, partly due to our history, are, have not always been favorable aspects of culture, I think, 
to a to a certain extent, I like your idea of how we move on as creatives to the next thing. But I would also offer, due to our history, we didn't always have a sense of how, in a sense, to be owners of these things that we created. But we just heard that, you know, that cut about the Black Wall Street time and what was happening throughout Oklahoma. So we've had that we've had that in our history, but sometimes we look at it today like we've lost sight of all of those things. So any thoughts on what I'm saying there? Um, Hillary, again, just kind of addressing a little bit of what Lisa had to say before the break as well. Uh, well, I mean, I agree. We have lost our righteous mind. Um, but, I mean, we have our own names. They have black names. And those are very unique to black American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we keep creating, we keep coming back, which is also, I think, a cultural um, or th- something that's intrinsic to us. No matter what they keep doing to us, we keep coming back. You can't put us down. And we keep coming back and creating something else out of nothing. When we had the Black Wall Street, you know, they burned that down. And we're still here anyway. You know, people still, you know, try to thrive wherever they're, you know, wherever we are. So, I think that, um, you know, and what the caller was saying, um, I mean, I agree in part and disagree in part. Um, and as for the clip, um, I mean, we, we keep building. Like, we are, we have a builder mindset. And if we can tap back into that on a massive scale, then, you know, we'll be all right. No, absolutely. Let's go to the caller and see what they have to say. I have a few more thoughts on the clip, but let's get the caller in real quick. Area code eight zero three last three six two four. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. What's going on, brother? This Calvin. Hey, I South thought that might be you, Calvin. What's up, King? How you doing? Good to hear from <laughs> you again. How you doing, King? Give us your three I, cents just, this morning. Yeah, I just gonna double judge things. Got called kind of late. Like I've always, I've, I've said plenty of times before on the show, back in the past, was that our culture is a manufactured culture. And what is the culture? Culture is things that you do as a group to survive. And the problem is, whenever we get anything, it's always dictated by your enemies. They tell you how you should be doing it and show you what you should be doing, what you put in front of everything that you do. The things that they give us to do on a constant is things that are destructive to our community. We came up with music, they, like rap. They turned it around. They took control of that rap, and then they turned that rap against you to destroy you. Um, and I've always told people this. Anything we're building is worth protecting. And your enemies came in there and told you that you shouldn't even protect anything that you ever built, anything that you ever owned. And that has always been the number one cause of our failure in our community. We, we, we had all those black Wall Streets across from Lumberton, Tulsa, and all that. We never thought to build an army to protect none of it. That's one of the first things you do when you move into a house. You put a lock up. So there ain't nobody else walking inside your house, walking inside your, you know, what you own. And you must protect that. You find some kind of weapon that you protect that. But for some reason, every time that issue comes up, our culture, which was manufactured by others, tells them, no, you don't need to do that. Let the Lord handle it, and he's going to protect you. That has been our number one, number one problem. 
We don't want to talk about how do we protect our people, our children, our families from enemies that we know we have. This forgiveness thing that they, this forgiveness culture that was given to us is killing us. We're being morphed into somebody else. They're telling us, you, you don't even want to be with each other. Why don't you integrate into all these other cultures? You see it in the commercials that you see, in the movies that you see. They're pushing you into alternative lifestyles. They're giving you everything destructive to your culture. You don't find that in other groups. Other groups don't apologize for them being with each other, uh, uh, doing commerce with each other, worshiping with each other, doing anything. Without it, with if knowing they are excluding you out, you're not going to go to Chinatown and buy no apartment. You're not going to go to Chinatown and put up a business. But everybody knows you can come to the black community and put any business, any religion, anything you want in it, and we're going to support it. But you were trained not to support your own. Go ahead. All right, the last thing you just said, brother, let me jump in. I want to hear, I think I heard Hillary laughing, so I'm going to let her respond to you. Uh, one thing I will say. Kevin, you always okay. gonna figure out how to get it all the way in every time. I have to give Shaq credit, man. But but that but that concept of us being trained, and John Sally mentioned it in an earlier earlier cut as well. The concept of being bred not to trust one another. I think that runs very very deep. I don't I don't necessarily agree with everything you said. I'm gonna let Hillary respond to you first or whatever. But I will say that last point plays a role in how some of the how, how some of this plays out. I would say within itself, it, it literally has nothing to do with quote unquote outside outsiders. Again, because we've been trained a certain way, certain things we end up, in my opinion, in a sense doing on our own. I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm just talking about we have to recognize that historical training so that we can overcome it is my thought. But Hillary, any thoughts about what Brother That's Kevin brought to the table this, this morning? Let me let, let me let Hillary jump in. I'm sorry. Let me let Hillary jump in real quick um, as, as my okay. co-host. Let her jump in. We'll let you get another call in, um, Kevin. Uh, I agree with the caller that we haven't uh, protected or uh, really placed the priority on protection, which has certainly harmed us. Uh, but I think that's also because by nature we aren't a predatory people, and we have given the benefit of the doubt to people who are very predatory. So you hear or, you know, a lot of times black people are assuming that people have good intentions because, in general, we don't have bad intentions to other people, and we, I think, have a culture of, you know, we'll treat people the way we want to be treated. And if we're treating you nice, you are not supposed to be preying upon me, but, you know, they are. And I think we definitely should, you know, factor in some protective measures uh, for things that we uh, build and create um, but I think that is a cultural aspect of us just because we aren't predatory by nature. Sounds good. Kevin, we got about a minute before I go to the top of the hour. Go oh. ahead, King. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, oh, I know about us being predatory. I knew they were. <laughs> but let me go back. So that's what she said. Time. She said that we're not. That's what she said by nature. We're not. That's what she said. Oh, 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 her. But yeah, we yeah, go <laughs> yeah, ahead. You got about a minute, King. I'm let yeah. you get it, get it in right. real quick. All right. All right. Like for example. They they had a showing of Emmanuel, the the movie about the Charleston Nine, and we sat there and everybody it was crowded. They sold out. So at the end of the movie, I asked people, "What do you think about it?" You know, and you had a bunch of church folk in there, and I got and you know they're like, "Oh, it was just so nice." It was just I said, 
Well, to an activist, that was a slap in the face. Because the movie was basically how we under we had so much glory by getting killed and forgiving Dylan Roof, and how we w- did not become a Ferguson or a Baltimore. I said, well, you should have had became a Ferguson or Baltimore. But look what happened to the election that same year when they reelected because of the violence or whatever you call the justice justified violence. They voted all the politicians who were white out of you know, office. In Charleston, they went back to business as usual. You still run everything. We'll sit here and keep going to church. That's all. That is that has been our Achilles heel. But uh, I'm done. <laughs> nah, thank you for your thoughts, King. I want to let you get it in. We are at the top of the hour. Um, if you want to get back in, you have to come off the one and back on. We definitely let callers get on and enjoy the conversation. We got some callers that want to get in with us, but we are at the top of the hour. Right, we're going to go to our top of the hour break. Now, nah, thanks a lot, King. We're going to go to our top of the hour break as we play a new cut by our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment. This cut is from Taylor Place Infatuation. We love bringing the real R&B uh, uh, to you, again, from our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment. So tune into this. We'll come out of the break and get to the callers. Listen to the Mental Battle Law Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. White Chain of Islands off the South Carolina and Georgia coast is an almost forgotten community called the Gullah or Geechee people. More than anywhere else in America, they've held on to traditions their ancestors brought from Africa. They've stayed on the isolated former plantation land where those ancestors were once enslaved and developed a culture and language known as Gullah.
pretty isolated back here. Oh, see, now that's what we call insulated. Yeah, so we insulated. feel like we're insulated and mm -hmm. kind of kept warm and keep our culture alive away from the mainland culture. So sure, if you went just across a couple bridges and you ended up on the mainland, you'll hear people speaking like this. And then you come across onto these hundred of yeti people are cracking teeth like this all day long and things like that. And they say, huh? Marquetta Goodwine, also known as Queen Quet, still lives on the land where her great-great-grandfather was enslaved five generations ago. We have okra, we plant peanuts, cantaloupe, watermelon, the same things that my great-great-grandfather planted here. And he was the person that actually obtained this land in 1862. So my family has continuously owned it legally since then, but he was actually enslaved here. Hundreds of plantations ran down the South Carolina and Georgia coast in an area known as the Sea Islands. After the Civil War broke out, the islands were abandoned by the plantation owners, and thousands of people were eventually able to buy the land they were once enslaved on. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Hillary Winfield. This morning's discussion question, do blacks really have a culture? As we hear a cut, speaking of the Gullah Islands, I'm from South Carolina, upstate South Carolina, so I didn't even know much about the Gullah Islands until I finally started taking trips you know, to Charleston and to, to, to that area. And definitely a different, completely different um, in language if you get to hear, in a sense, the Geechee, as they refer to, hear the Geechee speak, um, as you hear cut. Unfortunately, in a sense, what's, you want to hear more as the show goes on, what's happening to them. I brought that cut to the table um, because, one, you heard them say the Geechee have maintained a lot of their African traditions, unlike, in a sense, the rest of, quote, unquote, the mainland or us is African-Americans or black Americans not, in a sense, fortunate enough to maybe, if you want to look at it as fortunate, to remain and keep those traditions. So they've been able to maintain a lot of that. Um, but I brought the cut up in reference to the last cut. You got Black Wall Street, and we talked, and as you said, Hillary, in a sense, we, we've been these builders. But I will say, um, in discovering Black Wall Street, and I say discovering from the standpoint, I, in the information age, I doubt there are too many African Americans who have not heard of Black Wall Street, but we, I know growing up, I had never heard nothing of it, um, and it's kind of, you know, come to the forefront because we now know historically that area tried its best to repress that horrific history of, you know, particularly Black Wall Street out into the, out, you know, out in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, of the destruction of it. Um, you know, the, the the riots, per se, the quote-unquote riots, were really was just a terrorism, is the word people like to say now, and say it was really just white terrorism in a sense in the destruction of it. thing is, the cut that you heard, this was after that period. A lot of people don't know that, in a sense, although 3,000 of our ancestors were displaced in that terrorism, uh, they literally went back and rebuilt it. Um, and, and it pretty much remained a vibrant community all the way up until the 1970s. Again, if you do the research, you don't don't take my word for it. Go research it and, um, at the point in which which became a very big happening in this country when they put a highway 
smack down the middle of it, which is something that's very prevalent here in Atlanta. A lot of our successful African-American enclaves, if I'm saying that correctly, um, experienced um, eminent domain and the, the splitting of the neighborhoods, which end up affecting whatever economic enclave we've had. We saw that happen in, in a lot of our urban areas. The highway is put literally in smack down through the middle of, um, you know, that community. Uh, I know before I'd done the research, I'd always heard integration is what killed our our mindset. And, I, and I've always, because I always thought about that, I was like, well, if we had that mindset and were able to do those things successfully, I'm like, well, what would have taken African Americans out of that mindset? Because that part never made sense to me. And so when people would say, you know, this idea, and again, I know I talked about marketing, so we know we've always been hit with the marketing of, quote, unquote, the white man's ice is colder and that kind of thing. So we use that concept to say, hey, it was, quote, unquote, integration that caused us to lose sight of our own value. And I'm like, kind of, I'm thinking, I always thought back when I was doing my research, I'm like, doesn't quite make sense because if you're having this type of success on your own, and, and, and for, you know, for the pockets, again, that most of us, let's be fair about that time, most of our community was not having the success that, um, you know, the Western Salem, the Tulsa, Oklahoma's, you know, these, these areas, we definitely had plenty of them as areas to highlight. One thing the cut even said was the idea that we were not a monolith. And that's, and that's a very important point for the rest of the show. Because in the sense of when we're asking this question, do we have a black culture, there is a concept that we, due to the fact that we have melanin in our skin, should be jump around that culture. Kevin made a quick point that I didn't get to challenge him on was this idea how other groups do that differently. And the reality is no group is a monolith, and it is extremely unfair for us to look at ourselves as such because it actually does harm, and, and I'll say that in my opinion, people can call and challenge this, but it does harm for us to try to designate and designate in a sense that we should move as a monolith when that is not a reality for no said group. Quick thought on that, Hillary, and we'll go to the caller. Um, well, I tend to think we are a monolith, a monolith, um, and I think it's dangerous a little bit to try to point out, I guess, petty differences between, um, like, to make ourselves seem more diverse than we are. I don't think we, I think we are more monolithic than we are not. Um, I'm sorry. What else did you ask? No, no, no. That, 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 yeah, that. Yeah, you, you, I mean, I have to respect your opinion on that. I would say that within our community, whenever we're even discussing how we're going to move forward, for example, we know we talk about how the idea that we we talk a lot about our problems and not enough about solutions. But I do. I will say, in my personal experience, when we do start and get into the solution conversations. The, the, the diversity becomes very evident at that point that we have different trains of thoughts to the extent that that we, in my opinion, quite often cannot move as a group. And I don't know that we should look to because it's not human nature to 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 and to. And here's the other thing. I'll say this and then I'll get to the caller. To to definitely try to move off of a made up social construct such as race. Race is a made-up concept, and 
due to what we've experienced, it becomes psychologically natural to try to form around race alone, but we're not really paying attention how that's not what humans do. Um, I'll give you one example and go to the caller. I remember one time I was riding on an airplane with this this Asian lady, and she was um, a, she was an advocate. She was a legal, uh, might have been a lawyer or something, but either way, she was in the legal aspect for different issues that happened within the Asian community. And we just go going back and forth and having a dialogue, and she ended up saying to me, which might be the point that you're making, Hillary, which is fair. She ended up saying to me that her that in her talks. They're always saying when they're having back and forth, why can't we come together like the blacks? Like that blew my mind to hear an Asian lady say that for, and it gave me a perspective on how outside looking in, that's how she sees us, which is maybe how you see us. But I definitely hear a lot of blacks say we can't come together, and literally we try to come together strictly on race, but outside looking in, I see that we prop up the Asian community, quote, unquote, of being able to come together, and we're not like them. And I hear these Asian ladies outside looking in for us saying we come together, and they're unable to come together because they obviously have their differences, whether it's, you know, the Japanese and the Chinese. And they even have a uh, color issue, believe it or not, within the Asian community. You know, just to throw that out there as well. Uh, let me get to the caller real quick. I know I'm running my mouth this morning. Sorry, y'all. Area code six one zero last three six zero three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Do blacks really have a coach? Hey, PC, this is Don from Philly. How you doing, bro? How you doing, King? Appreciate you for calling. What you got for us, King? Good, good. So to answer your question, I mean, honestly, I don't even know where to start because there's a few things I wanted to say. But do blacks have a culture? Uh, I would bluntly say no because I heard one. One brother said earlier that uh, race is a social construct. It's a, you know, it's a made up, it's artificial. Um, there's no such people as black people. Black people don't exist. White people don't exist either. You know, everyone is indigenous to a land. Everyone comes from a land mass. You know, and let's let's put it this way: black is an adjective. If I say my shirt is black, then it's it's describing the noun. It's describing the person, place, and thing. It doesn't. It's not my shirt, see, and clearly our skin color isn't black. Our skin color is, for most of us so-called African-Americans, which has only been an invention since 1988, thanks to Jesse Jackson, a lot of us are copper colored, you know. So the truth is there's no such thing as black culture because if there was a such thing as black culture, you have to include the Chinese people who reside in South Africa in that as well because they're also considered black people. Go look that up because, look, black is a label, all right? It's not a people. So until we really learn where we come from, which is not Africa, when you think about the transatlantic slave trade, that could have never happened. I was in the Marine Corps for four years, right? My military occupational specialty was embark logistics. I was out on with the Marine Corps. The Navy, I mean, the, the Atlantic Ocean is the most violent ocean in the world. You see what I'm saying? They have 40 foot, there, there are 40 foot waves on a regular day. So there's no way with the technology in 1619 up until 1863 with the wooden boats with sails that they were getting 24.5 million Africans over here from the West Coast of Africa. It's a lie. It, the transatlantic slave trade was a hoax, and it's never been proven. You can look that up. There is absolutely no evidence of any transatlantic slave trade. Now, before anybody start getting emotional, <clears throat> let me just finish. There's no evidence of any transatlantic slave trade. 
You could have never transported 24.5 million Africans from the West Coast of Africa into the Americas between the period of 1619 and 1863 with the technology they had. You, they... They say that the biggest slave ship held 500 slaves. How could you transport these people pissing and shitting on each other, excuse my language, uh, vomiting, defecation, well, I already said that, but babies being born, you know, bed sores. And this journey would have taken about six months. You have hurricane season, which lasts for six months. So how were they able to navigate the violent middle passage carrying all, these, all this cargo, all these people, you know, in this period of time? So my point is, we're not black people. We are the original Americans. We are American aborigines. If you ask any of us so-called African-Americans, we will all tell you that we do have Indian in our family. But the truth is, we're not, we don't have Indian in our family. We are the true American Indian. You know, and until we wake up and realize uh, We ought to forget the break. We ought to forget the break, King, if you will. I'll, I'm willing to keep you on after the break because I will tell you I'm going to challenge everything you said. Okay. I'm not going to do oh, say everything, I'm ready, though. Bro. I'm not going to we're not. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. I'm gonna, let me keep warning you. I'm not going to challenge it from the standpoint that we're going to do a full back and forth on this one issue for the rest of the show. No. But I, I, but I am. But in giving you a challenge, I will give you a chance to respond. Is my only point. Okay, so, definitely. Uh, let me Thanks, go to the man. break, and I'll keep you. And I'll bring you. Yep, I'll bring you back on right after the break, King. All right. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Yep. All right. Yeah, no problem. I'll definitely give you a chance to respond. Uh, listening to okay. the Dialogue Talk Show. So all I ask, yeah, I think we'll be right back. Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Folks come in with bulldozers, and the first thing we see is they want to dig up what we've already had for all these generations and then they want to build something that's antithetical to our culture golf courses resorts and condos have replaced gullah communities hilton head island was the first to be developed once home to about 300 gullah families the 42 square mile island is now home to 26 golf courses brings in 2 million tourists a year and is considered one of the top vacation destinations in the United States. Gullah burial grounds dating back to the days of slavery are now the backyards of million dollar condos in opulent gated communities that new locals fondly call plantations. That development boom is slowly spreading to other areas nearby. You can hear right now construction in the distance, yep. something else being built. Yep. One of the things that you'll notice that you'll never see outside of Gullah Geechee homes usually are signs like that, no trespassing. 
Well, that's part of the interesting thing is that the land that the Galigiches own, it's all communally owned. Absolutely, yeah. Most people live on what is in the law called heirs' property. And that's because our ancestors during the U.S. Civil War now bought property. And so Gullah Geechee's became the first group of people of African descent in North America to own land in mass. Gullah landowners sought to own the land communally among their extended family. Over generations, this communally owned land was passed down to hundreds of heirs, often without legal documents like wills or clear titles. An informal shared ownership system developed, which came to be known as heirs' property. Until recently, heirs' property arrangements kept family properties from being sold because families depended on the land and each other. But today, developers are using legal loopholes to acquire heirs' property, sometimes for pennies on the dollar, whether the people living there want to sell or not. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Hillary Winfield. This morning's discussion question, do blacks really have a culture? We got a challenge from the brother said his name was Phil out of Philly. Um, Hillary, any thoughts to what that brother had to say? He said, hey, the whole transatlantic slave <laughs> trade is a hoax, in that brother's opinion. Uh, any thoughts? I'm going to get him back on as well to um, to respond. Go ahead, Queen. Um. Okay, I'm not even going to touch any of that, but the fact of the matter is is that there is something called black because we live in a system of white supremacy, and they have identified uh, all the people with melanin as being black, and they are uh, in a concerted effort to place us in the bottom caste of society. So in reality, there is a thing called black, and we it's, it's us. So you can call it whatever you want. I don't even care what you call it. But the point is we are a group of people that are being attacked. And any of this other stuff I think is time-wasting and cowardly because, as another caller pointed out, we've never, like, thought to defend ourselves. And we're under attack, and we talking about hoaxes and other stuff. I, I have not seen any research to say that there is no slave, sorry, transatlantic slave trade I know my relatives that were enslaved, and I mean, I don't know where we came from originally. I haven't done a DNA test, but usually when uh, black people do a DNA test, it shows that they have a large percentage of African DNA. Um, but I feel like that's neither here nor there in the discussion because we have uh, operated as a group, and we should keep doing that. Race is a social construct, but frankly, so are tribes. And black people are tribalistic. So if you want to think of ourselves as a tribe, we can do that too. As long as we understand that we are the group of people that are being attacked by white people and other people that come here based on the things that we built and taking away from us to keep us at the bottom. Strong points, Hillary. What I'll say, and I'm going to get Brother Phil back on at the end. I think I'm going to say his name correctly. Um, one thing I will say in reference to um, this concept of white supremacy, and, and let, let me make this very clear for anybody who's listening. We call, we call ourselves the truth seekers. So in this stand, from this standpoint, white supremacy is not that myself or even Hillary and her bringing it up. We don't always agree on everything. Uh, you know, just so you, you know, just so you know, trust me, I can see you to some other show where me and Hillary were fighting on the show. <laughs> but anyway, um, what I will say is white supremacy created this idea that there was an inferior race. We all know 
that that is BS. Well, I don't know if everybody knows, but I will say the reality is that is complete BS. There isn't, such, mm-hmm. you know, there isn't a superior or inferior race. So I, I'm, I'm breaking this down because there are those who, we, in a sense, use the term think that when they hear, you know, for example, you use the term, they would think that you are actually buying into the lies or white supremacy. No, 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 no. They call them no, 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 no. I got you. I want to get to Joey. I got you. I, 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 I got it. I know you're not doing that. Well, actually, I'm giving that context because I know you're not doing it. I know you're not. Okay. Doing it. You know what I mean? So I just want to give that context. And everything they say is generally BS. But the fact is they define themselves as white supremacists, and the people that they call black are the enemy. And they are actually winning and doing a very good job of keeping the people that they define as black at the bottom and powerless. And if let me get the feel, please. Let me get the feel. I was just giving that context for anybody who doesn't know that you don't believe in it. I just wanted to give that part because it's when people hear that term, they assume that you're buying into. So I wanted to take that out of the context of what you're saying because you know, we know it's BS. You, you know it's BS. I know it's BS. I just wanted people who hear you use that term to know that you know, to, you know, know it to be BS. But let's get back to Phil because, again, I told him I would give him an opportunity to respond as well. All right, brother. Is I got it right? Was it Phil? Did you say your name was Phil King? Yeah, I'll see you. yeah that's funny, man. No, my name is Don. You know, it's funny. I'm from Don, Philly, okay, but, Don you know. from Philly. Okay, that's what I mixed up. My bad. My bad, Don. Sorry about that. Right, go ahead, Don. What you, what you got, King? And again, yeah, All again, right. like I say, do we have a black culture? Here's the question I want to ask you because, you know, uh-huh. what we're not going to do is try to prove whether the, slave right. trade, the enslavement trade was a hoax or not. We're not going to do that. But right, here's, right. of course, something that Hillary said that I would ask, you know, to hear your response to. The, the, the concept that we, we all three agree it's a social construct. We all agree that we with that. So in it being right. a social construct, basically Hillary broke down whether whether it's made up or not, it is a lived out reality for us. So what's your perspective in that sense? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I would love to dismiss it. Oh, race is made up and we move forward, but we know it's not that simple well, because we live out the reality of the of the perception. If that makes sense. So, well, what's your thought? The truth in is how we move forward as a group. Um, as she said, whether you call, whatever you call us, what's your your idea for us moving forward and creating some type of culture that we can use to protect us? If that makes sense. Any thoughts on that? Well, it's only it's only a lived out reality because we allow it to be. You know, it's a, it's a house of cards. This whole racial construct thing that we go by, we call ourselves black. We call them white. You know, it with white, the title white come privileges with the title black. There are no laws written to protect black people. You see what I'm saying? Because black people ha- are stateless. They are nationless. We are identity. Uh, we, we have no identity, basically, when you're considered black. There's no pride in being black. I don't care how much James Brown uh, shouted that. Uh, I don't care how much the Black Panther Party marched and did what they did. As much as they knew the law, they should have known that there are absolutely no laws written to protect black people. And I'll prove it. Even the the Civil Rights Act of 1968, which is also known as Public Law 90-284, which was written after Martin Luther King was assassinated, we know, uh, it's called the Rights of Indians. If you read through it, it mentions American Indian 98 times. It it makes not one mention of black people, colored people, Negroes, or anything, uh, any nationless uh, title, because these people do not exist. Everyone comes from a nationality. Everyone comes from an ethnicity. So being that black is not an ethnicity— Black people don't exist, which means that black people have no culture because there's no such thing as black people. See, 
Um, so now if we want to talk about American culture. Now we can go there because American, that's what we are to the bone. You know, we are the original Americans. Even the first definition of American, which was published in 1828 by Noah Webster, it says a native of America originally applied to the aboriginals or copper colored races of people found here by the Europeans, but now applied to Europeans born in America and their descendants. So when you look at the very first definition of America, it describes us so-called African Americans to a T, you know? So all right, can you, now, fair you, enough. I'm gonna let you. I gotta get some. I'm gonna get to. I want to get okay. go in some other directions. Again, appreciate your three cents. We always welcome various opinions. So definitely appreciate that. Um, I will say one thing that you mentioned uh, when you were saying the black presence, uh understood. They definitely understood that part of the law. They understood how right. the laws were not used in a sense for us. So I just think it's kind of incorrect to say they didn't understand that. Just to throw that out to you. Um, but thank you for your well, question, King. Okay. Can I just one more thing? Yeah, we yeah, we yeah, we gone, King. I gotta get to some other people. Okay. All right, King. Oh, you got it, bro. You got it. Thanks, uh, absolutely not. Thanks for your three cents though, King. Yeah, no doubt. So I, w- I wanted to get back to the cut, um, Hillary, if you heard that last cut and it talked about I don't know if you remember the cut, it's been a little minute here, but the cut was talking about what was happening to the Geechees. I'm using this specific specific cut because I think it's an example in my personal opinion, Hillary. It's an example of similar to what, in a sense, happened to the black Wall Streets of the world prior to segregation that I think, I personally think we somewhat romanticize them and don't understand exactly what happened. And I think what's currently happening to the Geechees out there, um, you know, on Gullah Island. You know, we got some in the background, please? Mm-hmm. That's something in the background. Yeah, let me let me um yeah, I can hear you. hold on one second. Let me mute you for a second and I'll bring you back on. Excuse me, y'all, let me get this sound out. I'll be good. Sorry about that. Ah, that wasn't you, Hillary, that was actually I have another call on by accident that like they were driving. Okay. Uh-huh. So anyway, the the Gucci that are on Gullah Island, they are experiencing really, in a sense, exactly what, in a sense, happened to, for example, the 15 million acres of land we used, a formable land we used to own, which is now, I think, today at around 5 million or 4 million acres of land, which is, you know, and to think, when you talk about progress, we actually have less formable land that we own as African Americans than we did you know, at that time in the 20s, you know, for example. But, again, I mentioned earlier, a lot of times people say, well, immigration came along, we thought the white man's ice was colder, and that's why we lost those areas. Well, what we're seeing the Geechee experience now, I don't know if you remember the specific part of the cut, and I want you to get your thoughts on this, Hillary, but there was a specific cut ended with them saying how laws were have been made in order to, gain access to what they call heiress property. If you caught the cut, it was saying throughout the cut that for years, the Geechee passed down their communal lands through their heirs, and their culture didn't need the, you know, the wills and the trust that, you know, that is the legal lease that, you know, we use here, in a sense, on the mainland of the United States. They didn't need that. They passed it down, and it was shared ownership, which is very, very 
traditional and when we think about how our ancestors, you know, were and how a lot of indigenous people around the world saw the land. They didn't, in a sense, try to own a piece of property because basically how can you own the land? The land is for everyone. So that was definitely a part of their culture. So for me to learn that that's kind of how they passed down their land. But now there are laws that are being written that their land can basically be taken legally just by one person, for example, on a communal land saying, hey, we need to sell this for develop- developers. They can go to court, win that case in court, and they are forced off their land. And so I, I'm making this point to say, even when we think about us as builders for the Black Wall Streets around the country, there were eminent domain, legal, legal laws that were laid out that played a role in the ultimate losing of that land mm-hmm. versus our simply our mentality. Does that make sense, Hillary? Because quite often it gets reduced to this mentality that we're seeing now that is ultimately a result of the poverty that you referred to earlier in the show that is prevalent, can be prevalent due to a number, you know, a number of our communities experiencing poverty. So we see these these mindsets that we would love to change, and that's what mental dialogue is here for, you know, to deal with that psychology or whatever. But sometimes we look not, I'm just saying in general, within our own community or culture, within our own culture, sometimes we're looking down on that train of thought because we don't have a real understanding of exactly what happened. Because once you understand what exactly what happens, now it doesn't, it's not a look down or talk about why do they think their way and say, okay, this is their reality. So let's come up with uh-huh. a solution based on the real life history that happened to us. That's why it becomes so important in my eyes to always understand history so that we can make a better decision to move forward with. Any thoughts on a lot? I know I said a lot, but any thoughts on that, Queen? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Geechees are having the same problem that uh, the people in the Black Wall Streets had and other, like, black farmers. They stole their land. And every time black people get something, they steal it. And their problem, which was the same problem in the Wall Streets, was that they didn't have an adequate defense system, like the um, earlier caller had pointed out. So they're not predatory people, and they have a certain traditional cultural practice about how land is transferred in their community and they assume that that will be respected because you know it's theirs and that's what they do but there is a stronger force that wants to take everything and so they will make up laws that always benefit them and do not benefit the targeted group in this case a group of black people so it's they're just rinsing and repeating so they're going to probably wind up taking all their land because they can, because what can they do about it? Nothing. And they don't have any allies that can do anything about it either. So if push comes to shove, they can force them off the land and that'll be that. And that was the same problem they had in Tulsa and Rosewood and all these places. Uh, uh, the same problem farmers in the South had when they just would come and put a fence up and now it's not that you don't own that part of the land anymore. Uh, when they stole money from Freeman Banks. Like, it's the same same thing. And that's what's going to happen to them, uh, most likely, unfortunately. So here's my challenge to what you said. I think you're correct on the inevitable results based on what has happened in the past. 
in part, in my opinion, due to our, I would say, typical response, is something that you said, Brother Ankh said, and here's a challenge. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Brother Fianca, I see you out there. We might get you on right after the break. But here's my challenge. You and him both talked about this concept of embracing our African-Americanness, embracing it. And so here's my perspective if we were ever going to be able to do something about this DT example where they've owned the land for years, bought it legally, you know, in the early 1800s, had it ever since. And so when I look at this situation, here's how I see it, Hillary. I see it as, okay, so they've had their enclaves, and I always hear people saying we need to get these enclaves again. So they were, you know, kind of running things their way, like they're not needing to pass down land in the same way that we do on the mainland because they were doing things their own way. Well, those sitting right outside of their land, they say, hey, this has become now possibly profitable land that we want to develop on. But the reality is when it comes to politics, the laws are always made by business people. Business people, you know, there's a quick, quick look into how, what, what your congressman, whether it's your state congressman, congresswoman, whether it's your state or at the federal level, they have to sign a bunch of bills throughout their term and know they don't have time to read all those bills. I know most people know that or whatever, but the bills that are they're reading are written by the people who need them. Lobbyists, which I know you understand all this, Hillary. What I will say to you is that developer just that's looking to say, hey, here's how I can make a profit, they don't care who's on their land. They wrote, they wrote, the, land, they wrote the law in their favor to get what they wanted. And so, like you said, it happened to be in this area, our community. It happens to be the Gullah Islands. I'm saying this to say that in embracing our African-Americanness, it also will require, in my opinion, involvement inside of politics so that people can protect your self-interest when a law that is getting made that can undermine someone's ownership of land that they've had for many of years. We didn't have anybody in place when those roads were getting set to go down our community. We didn't have enough people in place. We had, you know, we de- and I'm not saying it as if we've had an opportunity in this country to be in these positions, but I am saying in embracing our African Americanness, it, in my opinion, it is it will require us becoming as independent as we can, but also playing the game. I think we have a big divide on our ability to do both. I think we are absolutely capable of becoming independent, but we also must be involved on the local level politically to help stop these things. When we're not involved, kind of like Brother Calvin mentioned in his community, they didn't change anything out. They didn't make those kind of moves. So I'm just kind of and again, I know I'm saying a lot, but my, you know, in a sense, my challenge to uh-huh. this idea of they do this is here's what we could be doing and being involved in the process so that, quote, unquote, they, which I'm not a big fan of that word, to be honest with you, Haley, but it, mm-hmm. us being involved could, could actually help alleviate some of that they, in my personal opinion. 
Let me check the time. I'm running um, my mouth here. I'm about to read up against the book. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, yeah, go ahead and give your thoughts. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's a valid point. Uh, I agree with most of that. But, again, we can't discount what the earlier caller said about protection because they don't need to read what's all in the bill. They already know that the end result is going to benefit somebody in the white group, and that's the goal. So we can play these politics games, and, and that might work. And hopefully it would work. But if that doesn't work, then you're going to have to resort to some, you know, protective measures. And, you know, that means resorting to violence because that's really the only thing they understand and respond to. And the only way you can really help yourself not playing their game, but, you know, just this is what I'm going to do or this is what it is. Because playing their game really is only going to get you so far. So I think that until we are willing to strongly consider and execute protective measures, then we're always just going to kind of be running around in these circles because they've been playing this game a long time. They did that to um, Seneca Village. That was in the 1800s, and now we have Central Park. So they have been doing this for a long time, and we're even just now catching on that you could use some political shenanigans to try to get something for yourself, but they're just going to adapt and make you know, just make well, other because of uh, I might not say so. Yeah. I, so you're gonna have to tell what that was. Yeah, I see I see other groups playing the game to their to their benefit. <laughs> I think we are capable of doing it as well. Well let me do a quick break and we'll come back with Brother Tiancy out of the break. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or a service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please give me a call. Again, my number is 404-604-9477 or contact me via the Mental Dialogue Facebook page. Inbox me on the Mental Underscore Dialogue IG page. Mental Underscore Dialogue. Inbox me. They have great rates. Definitely need your support to keep smart, intelligent radio on the air. If you're an individual, you can also support as well. Just go to mentaldialogue.com and understand everything that we're about. I also want to proudly announce 
Uh, we have the Mr. Dialogue Live experience here in Atlanta, which is every third Friday. But I want to announce we're doing our first um, event outside of Atlanta. We've been doing it here for a number of years, and I've got an opportunity with a business called Cooperate um, back where I'm from in small small town America, back in South Carolina. So we're going to be bringing a town hall, community town hall um, discussion to that area. If you are in South Carolina, look forward to that August 10th. Um, unfortunately, where we're from, there's been an unfortunate uptick of um, community violence, and so we're going to try to address that and see if we can come up with solutions to to improve uh, what's going on uh, within our own community. So our attempt to do it, in a sense, quote unquote, ourselves. Got brother Pianki who's waiting on the line. Let's get him in on this morning's discussion question. Hey, brother. Hey, man, what's going on? How you doing, Kane? Give us your, what's going on? Give us your three cents this morning. I was going to say, somebody must, have a yeah, somebody must have beat Hillary up in her life when she on this thing about white supremacy, but it's okay. But, yes, blacks do have a culture. <clears throat> it's American culture with sub-variations thereof. And that is different depends on what area of the country that you're in. And it plays along like in marriage, you know, permission to marry in that case. And people make comments about Africa. You just didn't go out and marry somebody in, in that continent, even today. At least I didn't when I married my wife. So, yes, they do have a culture, and it's it's variation of the word black is used for better recognition of the term that applies to a certain ethnicity within the United States. Now, just just for general description, if people want to get into more detail, then that is possible. Uh, the thing in the culture, the, the Gullah Geechee is a culture itself, but one of the problems that they have there's not just enough people that adhere to their culture in order to satisfy the need that they need to have in order to maintain those lands down there. Uh, if all blacks was the same, then they would come to their rescue and provide what is needed in order to sustain that. Uh, I heard somebody say something about locks on doors. It wasn't, you know, a lock, on the door other than the latch to keep the wind from blowing it open is a relatively new thing. People didn't put locks on doors. Uh, You could be coming through a neighborhood, go in a house, go in the kitchen and fix you something to eat, and they'll put things back and tie it, leave something, then go. Uh, In Alaska, there are some places that's like that today in the the wilderness area. Absolutely. Another thing, on land, I took land from the city that I built a house from through an action called adverse possession. That's when, per the state, you take a land and you maintain that land for a certain number of years. The minimum is seven years. I'm sorry, five years, and some of the period of time go up as high as 40 years. But after that period of time, that's your land. Blacks, for a more common recognition of the word. They received 50 acres of land for every European they sponsored to the United States. And that is historical. 
going out along the expansion of the Transcontinental Railroad. You had blacks that got land. 160 acres was afforded by Congress to people who wanted to develop that land. So, and look at, you talk about Oklahoma. There are still settlements there in Oklahoma today. I think it's maybe like 15 left. Taft is one. It was a black settlement. It still sits there today. Uh, Soul City in Warren County, North Carolina, that Nixon built on behalf of Floyd McKissick and Harvey Gantt so blacks could have their own town on the eastern seaboard. They built another one up in South Carolina called uh, Freedom Town. Uh, there's one across mm-hmm. the river from St. Louis called Brooklyn, Illinois. So these places hey, let me ask you something, Pierre. I, start to you off. I want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me ask you something because while, while I have you, I want to kind of dialogue. Kind of, we'll do this for the end. I, I really want to do 30 more minutes on this show if I could, because there's still still a lot of things. Again, this is a broad brush question. There's a lot of places you could go. Here's a, uh, something I would like to dialogue. I'm pretty sure you may want to respond to. Uh, you know how you see. Her perspective, so I'll let her respond to that as well. Um, my question is, um, both of y'all agree that there is culture within our community. I, I hear you speaking of the diversity of it. Um, I, I do think that that is that is a reality to the extent that I think it was, in my opinion, a brilliant point that if 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 we did have a concept, we would interfere a concept of blackness as a overall culture, which I don't think any group does that, in my opinion, based on, you know, reading other histories outside of our community. Uh, we would, in effect, like you said, go save um, the, the Geechee community. But what I would like to ask you, and I want to hear um, Hillary respond to this, what I want to ask you is, since, in my opinion, and I think you said it before on the, on the show as well, that since groups, in a sense, do not act monolithically but they're still maybe within some, you know, some variants of culture within that identifiable group. How how could diverse groups be effective versus people who say we should all come together? Like there are people who still push for that. And I'm not saying I'm against we should all come together. I just have not seen a realistic layout that's going to be effective based on how America works. That's my so again. It's not that I'm a, I'm saying I'm against you, but I want to hear your thoughts on how can diverse groups within our race, you know, using that word as well, how can they be effective in your opinion? And I want to hear Hillary's response to that before we go. Well, uh, it it depends on the area you're in. Let's put it like this: Blacks make up the majority of counties population in 17 counties on either side of the Mississippi River, especially down south. If a group, if you got this county, and if they have a agenda, it could be anything. It could be building a water purification plant. It could be building a science lab for. That's how they come together nowadays. And really, it's been that way for a long time. Hell, Garvey had the same idea before him. Collie House had the same idea. It it just and see here's another thing, and I think I told you this. If Africans were having tribal warfare between each other, and both sides got caught and came here, would they be more likely to get along here than they were over there? And if we talk about the genetic effects, 
well, wouldn't those still effects still exist today? So people not getting along together, uh, people not coming together is a human trait. You come together under some cause. I mean, you got Marines, Air Force, Army, Navy, and uh, so on and so on. Okay, now, Hillary, any thoughts? And you can respond to anything you want. I know, obviously, uh, you know, Brother Peter, come on and take a shot, so you can take a shot back. We, that's how we work. And then respond to kind of what I asked from the standpoint of I don't know that groups come together monolithically and are successful. At least I haven't seen that history in my personal opinion. I know you feel different. Go ahead, Queen. Uh, yes, because we see uh, white supremacists coming together monolithically and they're winning. And I will agree with um, Pianchi that we need to have an agenda. It's very important to have some goal or agenda that you're trying to achieve because otherwise what is, we're coming together and what are we doing? There's, if there's no clear uh, idea of what we're trying to accomplish, then there really is no point for us to just be together. Now we're just together doing nothing. And I think that is even and has been more harmful so if it, like you said, if it's a water treatment plant or whatever it is, whatever we decide is what we're trying to accomplish for today or for in two years or five years, whatever, it has to be a stated agenda, and we can get together on that because once people are given directions, then they know what to do. If you are directionless, then you get a lot of, um, you know, Negro naysayers and all this other stuff and a bunch of ideas. So I feel I agree with him. It's very important to have an agenda, and then we can get somewhere. Uh, and you know, I want to say this real quick. If you got a, a pick an agenda that's manageable and low risk, where a few of you can get it done and use it as a demonstrative model in order to pull people in for the next agenda, which will be larger and larger and larger and larger. But if you go out there and try to That's conquer right. the world and fail, ain't nobody going to follow you the second time around. Thank you. Very smart. Now, thank you for your thoughts. I actually realized I got a caller that's been on the hold for a long time. I got a lot of people on the board, so y'all work with me, y'all. Let me get this caller that's been on for a long time. We only got about six minutes before the end of the show. Let's try to get them in. All right, let's see here. Right, hold on one second. I may have lost him. Dang, right when I was going to get to him, they had been on, I didn't realize they had been on hold that long. Hold on. Uh, here we go. I got him. Give me one second, y'all. I'm trying to do the show and produce it at the same time. All right. This area code 480-3314. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, good morning, uh, Montoya. It's William Agnew. How you doing? Calling from Dallas. Hey, King. Sorry to get you on host a lot. You, you were so low, I couldn't even see you. I'm sorry about that, King. I finally got you on, though. Oh, that's okay. That's Go okay. ahead and give us your brilliant three cents, because every time you call, it's always brilliant. So I'm, I appreciate you calling. <laughs> I just want you know, I, 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 first of all, I want to commend you on staying on topic, because like you said, this is a very broad, got so many layers to it. So staying on topic, I, I want to commend you for doing that, because there's so many different ways this could go. Uh, but uh, what I want to say pertains specifically to the question, right, is there a culture in the black community? And I would say absolutely there is, if you understand what culture is, right, in the definition of culture, it's, you know, it's any group coming together with a common cause and, and traditions and uh, laws and things of that nature coming out of that. And if you look at the recent history of black America, we got that or we get a lot of that or we have in the past have gotten a lot of that from church, 
right, from our from our upbringing in mm-hmm. church. That's where we first identify who we are. We kind of identify who our mm-hmm. community is, which is the black community. We understand what our traditions are, our laws, right? And what you're seeing, and, and I really want to stay relative to what we're seeing right here in today's time, is what you're seeing is as the church kind of gets less impactful in our community in terms of mm-hmm. uh, our young people going to church, what you're seeing is it's harder to identify those traditions and those laws that we used to live Absolutely. by. And so, it, and, and as we integrate yeah, sure. more with, as we integrate more in school with the white community and white kids and, and their culture, then when you look at our kids, it's even harder to see our kids as we saw ourselves. And so when you talk about culture, culture is all about orientation. It's all about what you do in the beginning and how you onboard. Again, I like to compare a lot of what I do to business, and we do the same thing in business. If you want to be successful, you have to onboard properly in terms of communicating what those values, those traditions, and what that culture is if you want to sustain that. Otherwise, you lose it, or people come in and it gets lost in the sauce, or a culture that you didn't intend forms, right? And and, and one thing I believe is mm-hmm. culture is going to form regardless of whether you're intentionally doing it or not. There's going to be some type of culture. So culture is Absolutely. imminent. It's going, it's going to happen. So there is no question of whether we have a culture or not. The question is, how is it formulated, and what is the culture? And if it's a healthy culture, then how do we continue to move forward with it? And if it's not a healthy culture, then how do we stop and reverse that? But a culture is definitely hey, perfect. Is not great that. comments, man. Here's a this is a perfect example of what you're talking about. Like when you say, in a sense, uh, when you lose that foundation for maybe how your culture was created, or we talk specifically to our community, like you said, as maybe people right. attended church less and less, as those things happen. One exa- perfect example of, and this is a small example, but it's the perfect example of what you're talking about, is the idea of, you know, us being hip hoppers, how we, in our generation, I'm 45, we started sagging our pants. Now, we didn't know that 30, 20 years later, the kids would go all the way to below their knees, you know what I mean? But <laughs> right. I say that to say right. that, you know, obviously that would have been something that was, it was absolutely rejected by my grandmother, you know, when, when we started doing that or whatever. It just made no sense to her. But that's, a, to a certain extent, an example of a culture getting created if you, even if you're not intent on creating one exactly. or whatever. And now our response exactly. is backwards to what you said. Our response now is a lot of times I'll see people and groups talk to these young kids, and they lead with pull your pants up. And that's not going to work because right. you're not figuring out how to reverse the culture. You're just attacking something they have now learned as a part of their culture. So as soon as you exactly. attack, they don't listen. So you don't even learn right. how to reverse it, as you just mentioned. You always bring brilliant points. I wish I could have got you on soon, King. But, King, thank you for your three cents this morning. Did, I, did you have any Appreciate last thoughts before I let you go? Because I, I don't know if I cut you off. All right, cool, perfect. No, that's pretty much All right, everybody else is on much. the line. Now, thank you, King. But everybody else on the line, I'm not going to be able to get to you because I want to definitely give Hillary a final thought. Thank you, Queen, for navigating this broad question. Uh, again, uh, thank you, uh, William, for saying we kept it on topic. It wasn't easy to do. Some other things we didn't get to. Again, I wish I could do 30 more minutes. But, Queen, I'll give you, a, a, you know, one minute to give a, you know, a thought on this morning's discussion and share any more information that you may want to give out to the public if you, if you are doing something that, you know, that you want people to know about. Go ahead, Queen. 
Oh, thanks uh, again for having me on, uh, Montoya. Uh, this is an interesting question. I'll say at the beginning, I didn't know where we were going to go, and we did go a lot of places. Uh, and it was a very interesting, um, you know, discussion from my point of view. Um, but I think that in my final thoughts to say that black people do have a culture, we should be proud of our culture. We should not uh, let other people make us feel bad about anything in our culture or uh, apply negative stereotypes to us that we then assume is just part of our cultural makeup because they often are not. Um, and uh, that's about it. So thanks again. No, I appreciate you. You were brilliant, Queen. Um, my last final thoughts, I'll say, do blacks really have a culture? Um, I think some of what William brought to the table, and I wish I could have got him on sooner, um, is definitely giving me other thoughts to think about, which is, if we in fact do have a culture, as Hillary said, we still should always be continuously evaluating what do we want to continue and that which we want to discontinue. And you can't, as I just mentioned on that, that one example, you can't just attack something that, unfortunately, if it has become full culture and we don't like it, the way to, to reverse it is not just to attack it, but to understand how it came about so that we can also try to figure out how to reverse it so that we can improve our culture, which all cultures should be doing at all times for their own survival and protection. That's all I got. Thank you for tuning in. Again, my name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. All I ask is that you 